and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Thursday, March 31st. This is episode number 143. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is Tom Brunswick. Tom, how are things going? Hey, Rod. Great. I'm doing fine tonight. And thanks so much for having me on the Browns Blitz. Tom, it's my pleasure. You know, um, the other night when we were talking, I had kind of this epiphany. I'm thinking, you know, every once in a while I'm scrolling through Twitter and I come across somebody like you that I've talked to, uh, you know, here and there and, and respect and everything. I'm thinking, why haven't I had Tom on my podcast yet? So so I'm very glad that we're uh, that we're doing this tonight. Um, been looking forward to it. And, um, you know, let, let's let's have some fun talking some Browns. Well, thanks for having me on. I feel honored that you asked me, and I always uh, enjoy reading your tweets, and you're always a very positive person, and now realizing you have a podcast and to ask me to be on your show, quite an honor. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, and um, yeah, you're uh, you're very positive yourself, so um, yeah, we, we've got that going for us, uh, kind of uh, trying to get that out there on Twitter and, um, you know, trying to make it a little better place, so... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, uh, so Tom, you uh, you're in Coldwater, um, a little ways up the road from me in, in Centerville, and um, I, I know that area a little bit. Um, why don't you? Uh, why don't we just start off by talking about your your Browns fandom and um, you know how you how you grew to be a Browns fan. Um, you know, some maybe just a few of your experiences. I know. I know that we, you could probably talk for two hours on this topic, so I'll just let you start with with just kind of the basis, and I know we'll get into some other stories later. I can remember um, watching the Browns when they were still in black and white on TV, um, and I, I really don't remember Jim Brown, and I really don't remember them winning it in 1964 as I was born in 1957. I remember watching them with my dad. Um, and our family in this in the 70s and they were okay but i'll tell you this when they really took off and i went from liking them to loving them was in 1980 with the cardiac kids i mean i couldn't get enough of them um i loved the orange pants i loved the brown tops and i loved everything about them and the games that they played that year were incredible how they could win them at the end and since then i was definitely hooked and i've been to many games uh, since and um it's been a lot of fun now they haven't had the seasons we've all won it and i know that but uh that's just just the way it is but always try to stay with them and and um from 1980 on to now it's been incredible my love for the browns and you're a you're a season ticket holder um you said for since how long has it been since 99 so we got our season tickets in 1999 and they are called PSLs, so we had to pay a certain amount for our seats just to have rights to season tickets. And we were very excited about having those in 99. And of course, went to the first game when they played the Steelers and it didn't work out so well. But, you know, we were season ticket holders and we were hopeful and hopeful and they had a couple decent years. And then it got to the point where, oh, about six or seven years ago i couldn't get anybody to go with me anymore in december when they were not doing so well and uh we're four hours away and it's 25 degrees in december so i gave them to my son and he's in columbus he's half the distance and half my age and now he's in charge of them and that's a good thing so um yeah i'm glad i got this season tickets and uh, i'm glad I'm more glad that he has them now so i get a more of a chance to go now since he has them. I just couldn't get rid of them a lot of times, but they were nice to have if and when you made the playoffs, but that was a little bit few and far between. But the last few years, it's been pretty exciting, especially a couple of years ago um, when the Browns beat the Steelers uh, on the road. And uh, a lot of the games we've gone to now have been pretty exciting. Yeah, so uh, so how many games do you get to? Do you, do you get to most of the home games yourself now? I go whenever Brian, my son, tells me I'm on the trip. You know, you always want <laughs> your son to be a Browns fan. And 
He has become one. You know, he's named Brian uh, after Brian Sype. <laughs> he's his son. And then my second son, his name is Brad. But when he was first born, um, I wanted to name him Bernie or Bernard mm-hmm. because my mom's na- maiden name was Bernard. And uh, so we already had Brian named after Brian Sype. And I thought my second son was going to be Bernie or Bernard named after Bernie Kozar and my mom's maiden name, but uh, wife wouldn't go for that. She said, no, we're going to call him Brad. <laughs> it's Brian and Brad, and both of them are, are good Browns fans. And uh, my son, Brian, now he's uh, he's got the season tickets. And uh, him and three other guys, and I'll tell you, they bought this vehicle from uh, uh, a Browns fan in Dayton. And um, those three guys treat that vehicle like it's gold, and it really is. It's nice. It holds about 12 to 14 people. And he says, Dad, we got a seat open. I said, that's good. And I, I take my beverages and get on there. And, and we head to, head to the shores of Lake Erie. And we tailgate and have a good time. So it's it's always nice to like the Browns. But it's better yet when your sons love the Browns, too. And you get to spend time together with them. It's a generational thing, for sure. And it's especially nice when they win. And uh, since 99... Hasn't been enough times, um, but I think we're on the right track now, and I, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. Yeah, and, and you you sent me a picture of that vehicle, and it it's really cool. And I I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, did you did you tweet that recently? How long has it been that they that they've owned that? Yeah, they just bought it this year. Um, okay, I, it was. Um, They've had it for one season. Okay. The, the, the four guys, um, they take turns driving it up there, and they take certain groups with them, but sometimes they all go together. But um, between those four guys, uh, they do the driving, and we just do the passenger work in the back and uh, have a good time, and they just had it for a year, and they they put a little money into it, but it's, it's in really good shape, and they're really proud of it, and it's a, it's a nice vehicle. Well, if you're a Browns fan, it's it's about as cool a vehicle as you can get, I would say. <laughs> it well, looks really cool. Just, yeah. When you go through time, go through town, and uh, people beep at you, and uh, you beep back at them, you feel pretty good, you know, especially going into the games. And uh, boy, there's a you don't realize how many vehicles are are painted up like that until you go into town and going down that muni lot. And I'll tell you what, each person is trying to out browns the other person with their vehicle it's really something else but uh you know theirs isn't the, the uh uh huge as in uh, 18 or 20 people it holds uh, comfortably about 12 and mm-hmm. uh, and uh it's it's nice it's painted nice and it, it runs pretty well and uh especially when we win when we leave town we're feeling pretty good about it i would think so and well when you're when you're four hours away like you are, I don't think you want something a whole lot bigger than that, you know, just to be driving it. And, you know, just because of the having to handle it on the highway and probably, you know, the use of the gas and everything like that. So it's probably a perfect size for you guys or for them. We usually uh, used to drive here from Coldwater and. Cleveland, you have to take Route 30, and that was a real tough road to go on. It was all single lane all the way there, and then now it's double lane. But usually when we go to Cleveland for the Browns game, we go to my son's house and his wife, and then we leave from there. So it's only about a two-hour trip from there. But uh, it rides down 71 pretty nice, and it's nice to get some beeps at some fellow Browns fans. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, that that's really cool. I, en- I enjoyed seeing the picture, and and I was thinking back to to when they got that. Um, I, I remembered some of the exchanges on Twitter, um, how cool everybody thought that was. So, um, let let's talk about a little bit of Browns news, and I call it news kind of in quotes because there's there's really not a whole lot new going on right now this week, Tom. <laughs> you know, it, it's been kind of the same old stuff, just a lot of rumors and people kind of talking about the same things over and over again. Um, you know, the the, the, uh, the first thing I had written down is just landing spots for Baker and where people 
think he may end up and it's all speculation you know there's there's talk now about uh, Tennessee or Tampa Bay you know I think to go along with uh, I assume that uh, that Seattle's still in it and um, uh, possibly Carolina so um, it, where, where do you stand on uh, I'm not going to ask you to to go into the whole treatment of Baker stuff and all this but what do you think is going to happen um, with with Baker, I mean, I'm assuming that uh, that the Browns are just kind of trying to wait for the right deal to where they're paying as little of his salary as they they can right. and getting some kind of return. You know, so so what what do you think is going to wind up happening here? Yeah, I'm not sure where Baker's going to end up, but I do know this: I love his effort as a Cleveland Brown, and uh, boy, I'll tell you what: when they drafted him, I was excited in that first game in. He came in against the Jets, and we, and he came back and won on that Thursday night football. That was so exciting, and I was, said, well, now we got our franchise quarterback. And, uh, you know, he had some really good games for the Browns, and uh, I was at a few of those. And when he won that playoff game against the Steelers at Pittsburgh, that was exciting as exciting could be. And uh, I know he played this year, and he was hurt. And we were at that game when they played Houston, and, through that interception, he tackled the guy, got him down, but I could tell right away, oh, boy, that didn't look good. Yeah. His efforts were incredible for him to play the games as he has. I only hope anything for the best for Baker. Um, I loved him as a Cleveland Brown. He gave his heart and soul to the Browns, and wherever he ends up, I think he will do well. So, um, you know, with that being said, I don't know what's all open. It kind of closed up pretty quick with some of the quarterbacks and then Brady's coming back and then uh, some of the other teams made some trades. So wherever Baker ends up, I think he'll do well. And um, I appreciate his efforts for the Cleveland Browns and what he did for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, a lot of people have gotten into, I mean, it, it's come up as far as how Baker acted and how the Browns acted. And a lot of people have been focusing on that. And I, I've really been trying to just think about the fact that, Baker did a lot of stuff when he was here, you know, um, and I think that's what we should be thankful for, you know, whether it's that Jets game, the playoff win, you know, setting the, at the time, the uh, the rookie touchdown record. He brought a lot of excitement to Cleveland. Um, you know, you, I think you're in the same boat as me. You try to look at the positive stuff that happened with Baker here, and he, I think he did a lot to help to, to get this franchise, you know, um, turned around and head in the right direction, um, regardless of what you think happened behind closed doors or what you think of Baker as a, a person or a teammate or anything else. You got to, you know, I appreciate the fact that um, that he played hurt all last season. Um, you know, whether you think he should have or not, it, it really doesn't matter. The, a lot of guys would not have gone out and done what Baker did. So, so I, I appreciate everything he did, and I'm, I'm the same as you, Tom. I wish him the best, and, um, you know, I, I think it's, at this point, it's best for everybody if he, you know, gets traded sooner rather than later, gets in with the team, and, you know, starts learning, um, you know, the team's playbook and, and working with, uh, you know, whoever he's going to be working with and all that. So um, Right, Rod. Right. You know. He wanted to come to the Browns. He said, I'm the man to turn that franchise around. Yeah, and he did. you know, we went from one and 15, oh, and 16 to in the playoffs within a two year stretch. And Baker was a big part of that. So um, I give him nothing but credit for everything he's done in Cleveland, not only on the field, but off the field, too. He's brought uh, a lot of people to the ball games that were otherwise not able to go. Um, so called handicapped. And he got did a lot of things off the field for for a lot of people to get them to the games and. Um, class act Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, how many? If you're just even if you're just looking at how many players or how many quarterbacks have said they wanted to come here to play, um, not that many. So yeah, it, definitely refreshing, definitely. So um, you know, all anybody's been talking about is Deshaun Watson, all this court stuff. I, I don't really want to talk about that, Tom, unless you really want to talk about it tonight. What I what I um, what I had written down is is that there's kind of a stink about this this contract, and um, 
we're gonna we're gonna answer a couple of questions later, which is kind of looking at this in a different way. Uh, questions that a pe couple people had for us, but it sounds like some of the owners, some of the league, are kind of upset that the that the Watson contract, the money, the fact that it's all guaranteed, is kind of resetting the way contracts are going to be done. So a lot of the rest of the league is, you know, maybe upset about this. Um, there's also talk that that the Browns, um, Andrew Barry did this on purpose to kind of make it harder for some of the other teams in the division to, to sign their guys. Um, what do you think about this? Um, Cleveland is not a free agency destination for a lot of people because of the, the weather can get tough, no, no doubt about it. So for the Browns to get to Sean, yeah, maybe they had to come up with 230 million up front to get him, and it did get him to Cleveland. And um, if the other owners, um, I understand why they don't like it, but uh, that's the way it goes. But it's been a lot of times where the Browns have been outbid too, and we've lost some free agents. But this one, we did get, and I'll just only address his ability on the field. And everything else, I'm going to let go for the night. He's going to have to take care of that on his own, the character issue part. But mm. I watched him on the internet, and um, his skill level is incredible. I watched his highlights uh, when he's with the Houston Texans, his play action passes and his deep passes, how how he was on the money. His skill level is off the charts. So um, very glad in that respect to get Deshaun to come to Cleveland. Yeah, his uh, his numbers from two seasons ago, which is the last time he played, he was he was a he was a top three top three quarterback in the league, uh, threw for almost five thousand yards. And you have to keep in mind, this is playing in Houston. Um, this is not playing on you know on one of the best teams in the league. And he was so, with and he looked very good in orange and brown when he was at Clemson, and I thought. Hey, here's our guy, Browns. But we did get um, um, Miles Garrett that year, I do believe. So that was a pick. But uh, Deshaun um, will look good in orange and brown. And um, his ability is incredible. And uh, hopefully it all works out. Uh, I know giving up three number one picks is a lot. I know it's a lot. But uh, the Browns' window of opportunity is now. So I guess in the Browns organization, they're thinking, let's go get him and see what we can do. So um, hope it works out. Yeah, I agree with you. And and talking about the draft picks, yeah, the Browns the Browns gave up quite a few picks, and they gave up some threes and fours. I don't have that right in front of me, but um, I think, uh, well, I could flip that back to a prayer show. But anyways, they gave up some other fairly valuable picks, too, but the thing there is you have Andrew Barry, and I know that we haven't seen him through 10 drafts or anything yet, but um, we've seen him draft pretty darn well. So you have a feeling that that he can still bring in some talent using his remaining second, third, fourth, fifth round picks. Yeah, so, they're not finished yet. They're going to do some other things. That, you know, um, I think they're going to need to get a receiver and um, or two. Um, but the core is pretty good. The, the line is pretty good. The running backs are excellent. Picked up Amari Cooper. Um, the window's open now. And uh, Andrew Barry's been outstanding with the draft so far. And, and I, I trust what he's done so far, and I'll continue to do so um, until he proves that wrong. But um, I, it's a job. I don't know how anyone can do handle all that, all the money and the cap space and everything that's going on but um it's a lot of pressure i'm glad it's on him and all i gotta do is be a browns fan <laughs> well that's true uh, you know we can second guess him and and you know grade him on every move he makes but um but yeah he he does have a lot of pressure and he you know over it you really have to look at the entirety of everything he's done you know you can't you can't grade a, a gm based on one move ever because you know they have so many pieces that they have to to 
fit together and everything. And, you know, and especially the, the, in, in the draft, you're taking chances on these guys. You know, you do your evaluations. Um, you know, a lot of draft picks don't work out. So for him to hit on even a majority of draft picks is, is doing well. So, um, you know, but I, I agree with you. Um, it, it's fun to talk Browns. It's fun to try to put yourself in his place. But I wouldn't want to try to do his job either. Uh, I'm just saying, like, football today, 2022, and when I first start going in 1980, it's incredible how much it's changed in that linebackers are playing at 225 then, and, and um, now they're 260, 275. Guys are playing offensive line at 275, 280. They're like 325, three and a half now. It's incredible. And uh, another thing, it just seemed like every time we went to the Browns games in the 80s, they won. It was like so easy to win back then. Of course, we didn't know any better. We're in our 20s going up there thinking, oh, that's what they do, they win. I'll tell you, some of those games, I don't think we even knew who they were playing, but we won like every single time. It was great. It was awesome. And now, since they come back, it's been really tough. And the league has got a lot tougher with size and quickness and things like that. But, uh, boy, the yeah. 80s were sure fun, I'll tell you. And uh, hopefully we can get back there again. My biggest thing I want to happen is I want the young Browns fans to see what we got to see in the 80s. I mean, I was at the drive. I was at that game. Um when Brian Brennan caught that touchdown pass with five minutes to go. And we pinned Denver at the two-yard line. They had 98 yards to go in four minutes. I was thinking, this is going to be incredible. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. And we uh, were standing on the third-base dugout in Cleveland. And uh, all of us were. And we were going to take the goalpost down. And I remember this policeman was on a horse. And I yelled at him and I said, sir, when we win this game, we're going to take the goalpost down and you're not going to be able to catch all of us without batting an eye. He immediately says, no, I won't be able to catch everybody, but I'll make sure I get you. (laughs) (laughs) I often wondered what would have happened that day if Elway wouldn't have took the team back and we would have won that game if he would have got me or not. But uh, I wish you still would have won. That was someday. And it was a lot of fun being at that game. I remember they said the attendance that day was 78,915 or so. And then the no-shows were nine. And the fans booed the nine (laughs) no-shows. Wow. Well, Tom, I'm I'm thinking if they would have won and you would have even if you would have gotten caught, you'd probably be out by now. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, uh, and glad to serve the time that I was in there. I'd been for a good call. <laughs> you have been happy. No, and I have been alone. There's been a lot of guys in there with me. But, uh, you know, they've been so close um, that year in the 1980 year. And it's been really nice to be with three generations of, of, of Browns in that I got to see um, – the cardiac kids in 1980 as a real young man i got to see uh, bernie and his guys and how close they got in the mid to late 80s and i got to see baker and the guys um a couple years ago and they were close they beat the steelers at their place and they had kansas city on the ropes and who knows what would happen and uh i just really like it when the browns win it makes a person feel really good as a browns fan and talking to another Browns fan. When you win in Cleveland, it's amazing how the spirit in the city thrives on a on a good day when the Browns win. Everyone feels good about it. And you feel yeah. really good about all the days that you spent when the Browns lost a tough one. When you finally win some big games, it just makes you really proud to be a Browns fan. Yeah, those cardiac kids were, were magical. Um, and I mean, they, you know, People that didn't, that weren't around or didn't watch that season. I mean, you know, everybody, everybody knows Brian Sipe and everybody knows her close games and stuff, and they won close games. I mean, they lost a lot of close games too. Um, it wasn't all, you know, it wasn't all magic. Um, you know, 
that that came out in their favor. It was a really exciting season, but it was it was ups and downs, you know, uh, yeah, throughout the season. Yeah, Rod, they did won a lot of it at the end, but they had some tough ones at the end too. And that final yeah. that final game on that really frigid Sunday was a really tough loss, and that was one of the toughest yeah. losses I've been I've ever experienced as a Browns fan. Um, that's the first real tough loss that I experienced as a Browns fan because I was so young. The ironic thing about that, losing to the Raiders of 14 to 12 on the play they call Red Right 88. My wife and I got married two days earlier on January 2nd, 1981, and we were supposed to go to that Browns game on January 4th, 1981, two days later, and we were going to go from the game and then to Niagara Falls, and um, boy, I'm kind of glad we didn't make that trip. As my wife did get sick uh, after the wedding, and then um, basically we didn't get a chance to make that Browns trip, and then to Niagara Falls. And I'm glad because it was so frigid. <laughs> we ended up going to French Lick, Indiana. So uh, <laughs> that was something else. I'll tell you what: when you uh, on those gray Sunday afternoons, when you're sitting in Cleveland in that dog pound. And uh, at that old stadium, it looks really drear, but you know it's a Browns game coming out, and those those orange pants and brown tops and orange helmets come out of that dugout. It just pumps you up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It really jacks you up. And then uh, they announce the starting lineup, and it's just awesome. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know the. Denzel Ward, there's been a lot of talk, and I guess, you know, I, I guess there's ongoing talks about extending him. I don't know that there's been a lot, you know, a lot in the news about it. Um, I would presume the Browns are talking to him, but, you know, nothing, nothing's happened. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think, do you think they're going to extend Denzel? I mean, everybody would like this to happen, but then you look at the payroll and how much money they, they're going to have tied up in the, you know, in the quarterback and in other positions. And you wonder if they have something else in mind because he's, he would cost a lot of money. Yeah, he will. And um, he's a really good player. No question about that. Yeah. Uh, that's Andrew Berry's job in the Browns organization. I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions, um, especially with salary cap, you know. And uh, Denzel's really good when he's on the field. He has uh, had some injuries in the past, but when he's out there, he's one of the best. But uh, it, to wrap him up for three or four years, um, that's a call that they're going to have to make. And uh, hopefully they'll make the right one on that. But I really like his game. And I like it when he's healthy and, and the things he can do out there. He's pretty special. Yeah, I mean, I like him too. And I mean, he played he played most of the season this uh, you know this this past year. Um, and he missed a few games. I don't have that in front of me, but he played he played uh, he played quite a bit. Um, he he was a difference maker. Um, I don't think there's anybody in Cleveland doesn't like Denzel Ward or would want to see him go. But you wonder if. Um, you know, I just don't know if the salary to extend them is going to be more than what they want to to pay, given the constraints of having, you know, money wrapped up, you know, in, in Watson and, and other guys. I mean, th- maybe they'll be able to do it. Maybe they'll be creative enough to to make it work. Um, you know, with since how the you know the cap goes up every year, maybe they can find the money. I mean, if anybody can, they can. But, um, yeah, you know, they go ahead. That's the difference between. You know, uh, comparing baseball to football, you know, baseball, you can spend, you know, I'm sure Mr. Haslam would would sign him immediately. Money don't seem to be an object. No. Uh, no. Baseball, um, you, you can sign him all you want, but football, you got to watch it because you go over the salary cap and then uh, you have to pay luxury tax and things like that, which in football kind of makes it exciting because it keeps the playing field level and uh, teams can get competitive very quickly if they're bad they can do it through the draft and sign some free agents and they're good again so you know that's really tough whenever you start giving out large contracts to um a guy like denzel and i hope they do but they'll have to figure that part of it out with the salary cap and those kind of issues yeah would you consider trading him for a uh 
I don't know, a, a mid first round pick this season and trying to trying to draft a, a young corner? I don't know. I, I'm trying <laughs> to stay out of that. I, I don't know. I'm just a Browns fan, and I don't know what they what they want to do. Whoever puts on the helmet, I'll root for them. But um, they've, they've drafted a couple good young guys in the last couple of years, but Denzel is a yeah. favorite of mine I like. You know, I've always liked to root for guys that I know have been there two or three years, you know, and uh, hopefully he's one of those. And uh, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I would like nothing more than to see him remain a Brown. But if if they can't work something out, I would sure rather see them, you know, get, you know, um, trade him and get some kind of return versus – letting him go in free agency that's kind of my my thought because um but uh but yeah hopefully i mean i'm sure they'll figure it out they'll get it figured out they're they're a lot smarter than i am <laughs> well and mr barry's a pretty good man I, I think like i said i'm glad that's their job not ours rod it's hard enough being a fan of the cleveland browns much less the general manager that's right that's right you know, Rod, I couldn't believe it when they left in 1995. I didn't see that coming. Uh, I thought the Browns were going to be there forever. I know a lot of people want to talk about the Browns coming up this year, but I just want to mention a couple of things of the past since I got a chance to live through it. That really took me and a lot of its fans uh, blindsided. I couldn't believe it. It, it was unreal. And I knew the stadium wasn't that nice, but it was it was our stadium, you know. And I didn't know it was things were that bad, but I do remember one time we went to an Indians game in '94 in September, the first year that Jacobs Field opened up. And I couldn't believe how beautiful it was. And then next to it was Gundarina. And then the next day we went and saw the Browns play Tampa Bay in the opener, and I thought, ooh. This is an old, old place here. I wonder how Art likes this. So I remember thinking about that that day and how the Indians had played in such a nice place. And yeah. had a nice place. And then the Browns were playing in this old place. But I thought, this is the greatest place ever. I had so much fun at the old Brown Stadium. And it was, a, it was an adventure going out there every Sunday. That was for sure. You saw a little bit of everything in that place. But, you know, it blindsided us. And we didn't have a team for three years. And... Uh, you know, it's pretty crazy that it happened, but uh, I'm glad we got a team back, and I, hopefully we can get something going here in, in, in uh, 2022. Yeah, I mean, for for the people that didn't live through that, I mean, there, there's a lot of young young Browns fans who, you know, been following the team for whatever, 5, 10, 15 years, whatever, and yeah, I mean, up, up until that point, it really felt like like the Browns were our team, you know, the fans team, you know, you never even really gave the owner much of a second thought until he decided he was moving his team and then it was gone. Um, right. Yeah, right. it was, it was terrible. All those years, um, I didn't even know who the general manager was and I barely knew that Art Modell was our owner back at that time. I just knew the Browns names and the Browns players and we used to, take a four-hour trip up to oh i don't know black i think then it was lakeland community college and they would play they would have their uh, training camp up there uh, before they're at berea and uh, we would see the players up close and sometimes the roster wouldn't change from year to year and just fell in love with all those guys and, and really we didn't have the information like we have now. All we did was read the newspaper. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have computer. We didn't have anything. Just whatever we read the newspaper, we just showed up at the games, and there the Browns were out there. And uh, sometimes I think that era was uh, a lot simpler in time. I enjoyed being on Twitter and, and enjoyed being with, uh, corresponding with guys like you and and uh, the positive people on there, and it's it's a way to communicate. And I do like it now since I retired. I certainly have time for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> those days were a lot of fun too. Those Browns teams were pretty special. I couldn't believe how the love affair was between 
the Cleveland Browns and their fans in the Cardiac Kid area era, and also uh, Bernie's guys. It was just incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going back to the days when uh, used to get used to, I used to get my news out of the newspaper. You know, <laughs> the Browns news out of the newspaper. Um, people aren't going to understand that, but yeah, that's how I, it used to be. For Browns News Illustrated by Ray Unusi. I used to get that paper, Brown's News Illustrated, came out like every week. So mm -hmm. I would get that delivered to the house. And that was, and the, we have a newsstand in, in the neighboring town in Salina that would hold our papers, the Cleveland Plain Dealer on Monday, because they only got like 10 a week. On Monday, we would uh, put her, we would sign up for them and make sure we got the Cleveland Plain Dealer to see what they had to write about the game. And you had to pay a little bit extra price to, to get that but that's the only news we really got back then and it was okay as long as they were on tv on sunday yeah yeah so uh so um we we talked a little bit about the past and um i, I figured we would just kind of kind of get your feelings and you know tom this, this team is still being put together we really don't know exactly what the roster is going to look like yet you know there are probably i don't know 10 15 spots or so maybe still up for grabs on this roster but what are your feelings heading into this season for the browns i know you, you've said you feel like the team's headed in the right direction um there's there's definitely some uncertainty you know with uh with the quarterback and that depending on what happens um with with the nfl investigation and that but um how are you feeling heading into this this season for the browns feeling good i think the core roster is set um i think that you know running backs are very good got amari cooper i think the offensive line can be very good might have to pick up a defensive lineman or two um the defensive backs seem to be pretty good but everybody else in the division is is good also so um i like our backup jacoby brissett i think he's pretty solid Yeah. Um, I, I I like our chances. I mean, I'm, I'm positive every year, but I, I think, you know, last year we lost uh, six games by a touchdown or less. So it's a matter of what you do in close games. You know, um, you come back and win those. Uh, instead of eight and nine, you're, you're 11 and five and you get a chance for the playoffs. So, I think they're close. And the NFL is a fourth quarter league. Uh, and you need a quarterback that can bring a team back in the fourth quarter or put a team away. And um, last year, uh, we had some leads and lost them. And then we also um, had a chance to maybe win a few of them at the end and it didn't quite turn out either. But NFL is close. Every Sunday is close. So it's I, I have a good feeling about these guys that maybe they'll win those next year. Yeah, you know, uh, you know how I'm kind of looking at this season is, um, you know, going back to last season, like you said, they had, um, what did you say, six six games that they lost by a touchdown or less? I think last, so. yeah. Was it six? Yeah. Um, last season, the problem was the, the offense just, didn't score enough points most of the time. It, it was not on the defense most games. I mean, the defense had, I think, a couple bad games, you know, where they, they gave up a lot of points. The, the Chargers game and uh, in particular, and um, I, I can't remember. I mean, I, I don't. I think they gave up quite a few maybe in the, the first game against the Chiefs, so maybe there was one other game. But other than that, the, the defense played very well most of the season. So... It was the offense not scoring enough points. So now this 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 off season, the offense is being addressed. Okay, they've they've made a change at quarterback. They're they're making changes at wide receiver, which I think they're still going to do more of. I think there's another wide receiver coming in at least. You know, maybe maybe they may sign a, a another free agent, Jarvis or somebody. And they may still draft another wide receiver. Um, they're probably going to draft a tight end. Yep. So I think they they're they've done that. So I think the question is going to be: Can they 
can they get enough guys in on that defensive line to where the defense is able to pretty much maintain or or be you know about as good as it was the prior season because they they've lost some they've lost quite a few guys on defense um, I think they've kept most of the core guys but um, you know you hope they don't have a drop off on defense because of some of the guys they've lost and that the offense gets better. Right. If that happens, then I think we're in for a good season. Agree, Rod. Um, you know, two years ago, we just outscored teams. Um, yeah. We just outscored them. Like, I, mm-hmm. Tennessee game, I'm um, thinking of. Um, gosh, we're ahead 35 nothing and a half. 35-7, something like that. And we in Dallas, we got the lead in Dallas uh, big time. And, and all those games, we had to hang on at the end, you know, after having big leads. And uh, last year, I thought the defense was a lot better. But uh, we might just have to outscore some teams next year. And I'll tell you what, they might be able to do it. I think, I think the offense should be pretty good. Um, I'll get the defense to mesh up with it. And uh, always looking forward to the next year. Yeah, I mean, they, they should be able to uh, to score some points. I, I think another part of the concern is that um, some of these team, teams in the AFC have uh, really beefed up the rosters, too. So um, the AFC is not going to be a cakewalk this year for anybody. <laughs> it's going to be tough. <laughs> There's a lot of quarterbacks in there, isn't there? That's for There's sure. a lot of really good quarterbacks. There's some very good defenses. Um, there, there's some really solid teams in the AFC so really doesn't matter how good you are um, you're gonna have to go through teams like like the Bills and you know and, and teams in the in the AFC West and you know and we'll see whether it's the the Titans or the Colts whoever it might be um, you know that there's going to be really good teams and that's you know that's not even looking at the teams in our division our division's going to be tough that's yeah. for sure. it will that's, be that's for sure but um, I hope the Browns are up to the challenge so um, I'm excited about them. Um, I think they could be. I think they can do what they did a couple years ago. Um, not sure uh, what the chemistry was like last year, but I know we did lose a lot of close games, and that does hurt your spirit a lot in the locker room. So hopefully they can get that back to where it needs to be. And I just think wins help that a lot. I think winning helps pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm with you, definitely. So, um, so yeah. You lose close games, you seem to point out faults, but you win that same close game, everything's a lot better. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Tom, we I'm gonna I want to get to these. Uh, there was a couple questions people ask on Twitter, so um, let's uh, let's take care of these before um, before I forget about them because. <laughs> That's how how my memory gets sometimes. Um, The first one's from Matthew Lubbock. And uh, the question is, are you comfortable giving Watson over $200 guaranteed money? Um, If he isn't worth it, is there any player today worth that much guaranteed money? And you said you're going to answer that, Rod? (laughs) You wanted me to answer it? (laughs) No, I could. First of all, I don't have $230 million to give anybody, you know, (laughs) You know, I don't know if anybody's worth that, but I do know this. If the Browns didn't put that up front, they weren't going to get Deshaun Watson because he was probably going to go somewhere else, you know. And uh, if you can't uh, if, if you can't sell him on the area in the team, I guess maybe sometimes you just got to outbid them. It's happened to us a few times. So, you know, other teams went for him too. It's not like only the Cleveland Browns did, so. You know, uh, 230 million. Oh my, that's a lot. And uh, the guaranteed part—that is all of it. But you know, Major League Baseball has done that for years. They have. Yeah. They they offer a guy 230 million. He could go out to spring training and throw one pitch and tear his arm out, and he gets all of it. So I've always wondered why football agrees to that. The players union in that. You only get so much of what you sign for. I never heard anything like that until football. You know, so, yeah. uh, you know, I think that just to get to Sean, they had to just outbid him and do something like they did to get him. And hopefully it works out. And uh, he enjoys Cleveland. 
because uh, when he gets there, I think he's going to love the stadium. I think he's going to love the city. I think he's going to love his teammates, especially when they win together. I think it's going to work out, you know, because I'm always positive. If it doesn't, a lot of people will say, I told you so. But in this case, I think the window's open now. They had to upgrade this the quarterback position and their opinion, and this is the way they want to do it. And um, I guess I'm supporting it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Tom. And, and th- thanks for the question, Matt. Um, you know, I, who who is worth that much money? I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's money. These guys are entertainers. They're athletes. Um, you know, it's, it's the money is different, um, you know, and not, most of us are really can't comprehend what two hundred million dollars even is. So um, to say somebody's worth that much money, um, you really just have to look at what players are being paid and and you know how things work out. I mean, um, Aaron Rodgers is going to make fifty million dollars this year. Uh, Patrick Mahomes signed a uh, a deal a what a year or two ago, um, a twelve year deal for I think what. 500 million but i think only like 150 million of it is guaranteed or something in that area um but this deal will will be surpassed and it'll probably be surpassed within the next year or two um so you know so it's the the top deal right now but um you know like like you said tom it's been surpassed in baseball easily right um it'll be surpassed in football question and rod like not the quarterbacks that you just mentioned, but other players that signed these contracts for a lot of money, you better watch out because um, you're going to be the one to get cut, just like Treader was owed $8 million and yeah. it's against the salary cap, salary cap and then uh, we have to cut him because of a uh, you know, salary cap issue. So once you signed a big contract, you almost got to kind of watch it. I never really heard anything like that until um, NFL. Just they signed you for so much, but only so much is guaranteed. So, um, you know, I'm surprised football does that because baseball certainly is not that way. And I think NBA they get everything they sign for. Uh, so, you know, I don't know who's worth that amount of money, but uh, we'll find out if Deshaun is or not. That we will, and and wait till uh, Burrow and and Herbert and you know a few of these other guys get to the time where they're working extension because they're going to pass that money. <laughs> they will trust me. Um, okay, next question is from Tommy D, and it is uh, it, it's uh, I, I guess um, this one you'll like. It is add one player from the 1980s to this team, who and why. I, and I'm going to guess Tommy's talking about one player from the Cleveland Browns from the 1980s. Yeah, I'd say Webster Slaughter. He's the guy I thought of right away when you asked that question. Webster Slaughter would be a perfect guy the Browns could use right now who played in the 80s, who could extend the field um, with Amari Cooper going across the middle. Webster Slaughter went deep a lot of times when when Bernie was playing, he was a, uh, a high draft pick out of San Diego State. Uh, I think he would be the first guy I thought of to really help this Cleveland Browns team um, from the 80s. Yeah, that, that's a good one. And I, I didn't think of him. The first guy I always might think of is Clay Matthews just because he's like my favorite player. <laughs> 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 he, he would help any team, but... A lot of them that could help us win there. Those teams in the 80s, oh, they were very close to the Super Bowl. Any of those guys could help the Cleveland Browns, and I'll tell you that. Any of them, yeah. Chemistry on those teams was off the charts. Those guys, they just enjoyed each other's company. Um, They were just great teammates, and uh, they were so close, so close. But uh, Denver, darn it, had that Elway guy. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent, but it always felt like it was one guy against a great team. It always felt that way. Quarterback's pretty important, and John Elway made some big plays against us. You know, just like the Cavaliers a few years later, they had some really good teams, but the Chicago Bulls had that Jordan guy. You know, some superstars sometimes can 
beat a good chemistry of teams, and I'll tell you, those teams not to take anything away from them, but the other teams just had to that one player that out-trumped us. But uh, still, the Browns were very good back then, and uh, I'll tell you, any of those guys could help this team. But uh, looking at the wide receivers that we have, I think Webster Slaughter could really extend the field back the way he did then. He could really do it, um, really help this team. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think he's a great pick. I th- yeah, I think he's a great pick. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, and I I'm like, to think. Yeah, I mean, Ozzy Newsom be a great addition too. Oh but, no, um, I, yeah. <laughs> tell tell the guy, the caller, or the uh, guy that huh. tell him. Do we only pick one? Can we pick more than one? <laughs> Well, I've, I've picked, like, you picked one. I've picked, like, three or four already. Well, let's take so, all We'll take all of them. We'll Mr. take all of them. I would, say Web, I would say Webster Slaughter, or uh, we'll, we'll let you have Webster Slaughter. I would probably go with Ozzie Newsome, honestly. Yeah. Both can't go wrong with either one of those. Yeah, because um, I think the defense is pretty good, and why not just add more weapons to the uh, to the offense? That's cool. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that, Tommy. Um, uh, yeah, Tom, let's um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your dad. I want to hear a little bit about your dad. Your dad was the baseball coach at Coldwater for a long, long time. Um, I want to I want to give you a chance to talk about his his career at Coldwater. Okay. Yeah, Dad uh, was the head baseball coach. In Coldwater from 1959 to 1993, he won. Uh, their teams won over 750 games, including five state titles. Um, he uh, was very good at what he did, and not so much in that he was a great coach, in which which he was. He was a great communicator. He was able to get the best out of his players by treating them as people first. He got to know them as a person first. And he was also a teacher. And when he was a teacher, he helped a lot of players or a lot of students that were not players in, uh, in, in their journeys in life. A lot of people today, and that is 92 now, and um, he's still doing okay. But a lot of people come by the house that have played for him or been a student for him, just want to talk. And I think that's the biggest compliment you can get versus winning 750 games and five state titles. Well, you make a lot, you make a lot of connections those years, and when you do, he feels honored when someone comes by just to talk. You know, after all those years. But um, he's a very special person, very special uh, coach, teacher, and very lucky to call him dad. That's that's really cool. Um, so he's still there in Coldwater, Liz by you. Yeah. So at the ball field, um, beyond the right field fence in the brick house, that's that's Dad and Mom's house. That's where we all grew up at. And we moved there when we were four years old. When I was four years old, and we moved in from St. Henry. That's Dad was a St. Henry grad. Um, he played on the state tournament team with Wally Post in 45 and 46, and Wally went on to play for the Cincinnati Reds. They were childhood yeah. friends. Wow. I know way back for our young people here, but um, they were they were a childhood friends, and uh, we ended up moving to Coldwater, and we had a fantastic park across the street, and um, I was pretty easy to find. I was either in the batting cage or on the ball field. You know, and hmm. they used at the house right across from the from the from the park, and it was just like a huge, big front yard for us where we could go play all day long. So it was uh, it's a lot of fun playing for Dad. Um, I did, and so did two of my brothers. Um, I graduated in '76, and they were in '84 and '87. And in the years I played, we never got a win the state. We made the districts or regionals, but my other two brothers, they got a chance to win the state. And I was as happy for them when they won it as if we would have won it in 76. So I was really happy for them. And um, it was a pretty special plan for him. 
Yeah, he could be tough on you. Um, but really, to be honest with you, Rod, uh, once the game was over, it was over. When you went home, you just went your own way. He went his own way, and we tried it again the next day. But I will tell you this, when you won the game and went home, it was a lot easier. It was a- <laughs> But you know, well, you play enough ball games, you're going to lose some of them. But his, uh, he had two years. I think uh, they were they didn't lose any. I think my brother's senior year, they didn't lose any. And then uh, in 1992, they lost zero. To to lose zero baseball games in spring ball is pretty incredible. So uh, yeah. yeah, he he was a, he's an awesome person, and still lucky to have him um, yeah. to play in. Uh, to play for him was an honor, and um, he's, he's touched a lot of lives, no question about it. And um, you know, for to call him dad is to is really is really awesome. We're lucky and very fortunate. That that's so great. Um, thanks for sharing all that with us, Tom. That's excellent. Um, well, Tom, I. Uh, I've covered everything I've got. Do you have any other uh, any other Browns topics or anything you want to you want to uh, to hit up? Most of mine, I guess, are from the past since I'm down the road a little bit. I mean, I'm a Browns fan since uh, the '60s, and I I can just like remember the very first game I've ever been to, like um, the old stadium. Um, it was in 1981. And we had played the Bengals that day. And I remember going to that place thinking, this is the greatest place I've ever been to in my life because it was a Cleveland Browns place. And uh, I didn't realize that the other stadiums around the league were supposedly a lot better and had a lot more luxury boxes. I thought this is the way a football field should be. Yeah. You know, with the painted green dirt, Indians in there, uh, the Dong Pound, old stadium. Um, I thought it was great. Some people call it a dump, but you know, it was our dump. And I was That's proud right. of the place. I was very proud of it. And I saw a lot of great games there. Probably the best one I ever saw is when they played the Steelers and beat them in uh, overtime 37 to 31. Right? Bernie's second year, where he threw a touchdown pass in overtime to Webster Slaughter, 37 yards to win that game. That was incredible. That, that was the best game I've ever seen at Cleveland Stadium in the best playoff game I've ever seen, besides probably two years ago beating Pittsburgh, was when they won in 1986 in a double overtime win against the Jets, 23-20. to um, didn't, didn't get to that game, but I'll tell you, that game was double overtime and burning through for 469 yards. And after the game, I was exhausted, uh, among other things. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that one. Yeah. I mean, we've had a lot of tough losses over the year, Rod, and you've seen them, and fans out there have seen them. But you got to enjoy those big ones. And I'll tell you, the ones I just mm-hmm. uh, were big games, and uh, ones where you just couldn't get enough of it. Like, I, I was so proud to be a Browns fan on those days, and always proud to be one. But when you win games like that in that kind of fashion, it just is. Uh, it's uh, it's just an awesome feeling. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you're right. Um, I mean, we we should be proud to be Browns fans. Um, things don't always go our way. You know, we've we've had a lot of uh, times when things didn't. But you know, we've got a rich heritage of of great players and and some great games and um, great fans. You know, just. Uh, just enjoying football, so um, there's no reason not to be proud of being being a Browns fan. You know, uh, the first time I got to see the Browns actually was on the road. We're only two hours from Cincinnati, and we saw them play in, in the season. They got they won the AFC, which was 1980. Mm-hmm. They had kids, and they came down. Uh, Don Cockcroft kicked the field goal to to win the game. We won 27-24, and we're in Cincinnati. We jumped from those temporary red, or not red seats, that's the upper 
yellow seats, the blue seats. And we, we went out on the field. We were running around out there a little bit. And the policeman said, uh, sir, you guys aren't allowed to be out here. I said, well, you just don't understand. He said, well, you just don't understand either. You, you got about a few more steps and then we're going to have to take you away. I said, I got you and I'm off the field. But the Cleveland Browns, AFC champs, so uh, AFC Central champs. Very proud of that day. And uh, I remember after the game was over, the Browns were getting in their bus. And a buddy of mine uh, went on the bus and got an autograph from Sam Bertigliano, uh that day. And that cool. was a pretty exciting moment, yeah. And uh, remember uh, when the new stadium was getting built, and uh, mm-hmm. you know a lot of a lot of people when they take trips with their kids, they go to Disney World or out west somewhere. I took my kids to Cleveland. <laughs> it would do go to Indians game, Browns training camp, Job Lake, go to the free stamp and those kind of things. But I remember when uh, the the new Indians place was getting built a new calves place was getting built we took a lot of pictures downtown and stuff and uh, i just remember seeing how cleveland was in 1980 or so when we went to the games and i'll tell you you got out of there after the game because it's a little rough but it's been magnificent to see how that city has gotten better and how it's evolved and how many restaurants and uh bars and things like that that are around there and it's a it's a place to be now so just very proud of cleveland um very yeah. proud of the indians rounds and i guess it's the guardians now so um just especially especially happy when the browns do well so i know um talked a lot about the past i'm sorry about that i guess because that's most of my it's most of what i know but also looking forward so much to the future beginning this year and um, the windows open now and hopefully the Cleveland Browns can uh, make us make us all proud here soon yeah well don't be sorry about talking about the past we we love doing that uh, on this podcast Um, you know I mean uh, I think it's important for uh, for you know the younger fans to hear stories you know to to hear things about the past um you know not not everybody who's a browns fan has somebody in their family who was a browns fan before so um for them to hear stories from you or from other people you know whether it's on a podcast or someplace else i think it's i think it's valuable you know for them to to understand um you know to learn more about some of these games and some of the things that happened i I think it's great so um you know um I see a lot of young people at First Energy now, and of course, young would be people in their 20s or even their 30s compared to me. And I just want them to experience what I got to experience growing up being a Browns fan. Yeah. And, uh, a couple of years ago, they did when we beat the when the Browns beat the Steelers and we played the Chiefs. But there's nobody in this. There's nobody in the stadium. I mean, it's COVID year, you know, I like to let them see the Browns win a a playoff game in that stadium. I want them to experience what we got to experience in the 80s and 90s. And uh, man, I'll tell you, it's special. So young people out there, keep believing. Just like Journey says, don't stop believing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, Tom. I think they're on the right track. And um Hopefully it won't be too long. So, um, Tom, I, I we've been going over an hour. I uh, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you um, coming on and talking. Uh, it, it's been great talking to you, um, and uh, you know, um, giving giving me some of your time and uh, just having fun and talking some brown. So, um, what would you like to leave leave the listeners with as we kind of get ready to? Close shop here. Well, everything in the past has already happened, of course, and we can only look forward to the future. Um, very happy that I have been able to live in the past, see the 80s and in, in the Browns in the playoffs, 
and also very happy to be around for this generation of Browns. And the past has been good, but always looking forward to the future. And would love to see these Browns do what the Browns of the past have done. And I love how the Browns are connecting um, players from the past from the players of the present now. I I like that a lot. And, um, you know, stay positive. I, I, I try. I know you do, too. And there's so many guys on Twitter that are. And um, it, it's easy to get negative. It's it, it's tough when the Browns lose, but that's when they need us the most. And I'm not blind in this in that uh, just whatever they do, they do. Um, but I'll stay with them um, to the end. And then hopefully one of these days we'll see them in that last game of the year that they call the Super Bowl. I'm sure hoping. Um yeah, we're 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 due, and I I think it's going to happen one day here. So I hope so. I'm uh, I don't want to say I'm running out of time, but I'm on the back end of it. But uh, <laughs> I still can hang with the young guys when I go up there. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, uh, we've been waiting for a long time, Brown. So anytime you want to be in the Super Bowl or win the Super yeah. Bowl, um, we're all for it. And I, I'm not too far behind you, Tom. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, this has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.